Now you should listen to this because this concerns you. This is about an uh, evil genius in love. Evil genius mind. It woke me up from my sleep and I don't like it. No, you're an evil genius is what you are. If this works, you're, you're some kind of a, a evil genius. Honest to God. Hello and welcome to the Evil Genius Chronicles. I am your little podcast buddy, Dave Slusher. Welcome to this show. This show is being recorded for September 22nd, 2023. Does it get better than this? I don't think so. First of business, the show is not work safe, not kids safe. Uh, do not use internally, use topically only. Uh, the show is Creative Commons licensed, non-commercial attribution. 4.0 unported. Theme music is by the late great band, The Gentle Readers. They're at gentlereaders.com. Bandwidth is via Cashfly under the kind umbrella of Backbeat Media. I do not speak for my day job. I've never once said the name of the day job on this show, uh, not because uh, I don't do good work, not because I'm not proud of them, but because uh, I am not representing the brand at this moment. And if I say something that you find horrifying, it's not the company's fault, okay? Uh, that's it. We're uh, putting up a little bit of a uh, firewall between me and the day job. All right, here we go. Um, a couple of shows ago, I played a song by Occam's Razor uh, that I really liked. And in fact, I got some good uh, feedback from, from people in the audience that really uh, enjoyed it. And I'm going to play another different one. This is actually, I've, I missed... I misread my notes. This is the one I meant to play the first time, even though I really loved the one I played. It was not the one that I uh, like originally said, oh, throw this in the show. So I'm going to throw the one in the show that I meant to throw in the show as a little bit of a make good to myself. Um, from the same album, Secrets and Silence by Occam's Razor, this is the song Mother of the Waters.
That was Occam's Razor from the album Secrets and Silence with Mother of the Waters. And if you go to the show notes at evilgeniuschronicles.org, you will find a link to their band camp. Whenever possible now, I'm preferring the link to the band camp over anything else, um, including the Amazon music that I've used for forever um, because... Uh, Fuck Amazon. <laughs> That's no other reason than fuck Amazon. All right. <clears throat> I told the story at last show. The last show was mostly all about uh, buying this Audi e-tron and kind of the uh, adventures in charging. I alluded to or told, foretold the story of going to the Comic-Con and how bringing the other kid was making the charging a deal. The other kid did not come. Uh, sadly, the other kid is homeschooled and has done probably what all all of you parents out there um, over the who had school children during the pandemic. Uh, practically all of you probably went through this at some point or another when you said, did you do all of your work that you were assigned from online school? And the kid says, yes, I did all the work I was assigned from online school. And then you go and check and the kid has not done all the work assigned. From online school. That's what happened to this other kid. This other kid could not go to the Comic-Con with us, which was a bit of a bummer for attending the Comic-Con, but it uh, made driving to and from the Comic-Con a little easier. Um, so uh, we, in fact, um, when we were in Florence, we drove around. Um, sadly, we tried to go to our traditional Cajun restaurant, drive, you know, the five miles to it, and then it's out of business. And we end up going to a restaurant right next to the convention center that we just left. So, but after we left the con, you know, it's like middle of the afternoon, Saturday, like three thirty or so. Um, I go went ahead and went to the Walmart that has the Electrify America fast charger. Um, I said, you know, we can get home without it, but I also won't have much charge, so let's just do this. And in my Audi app, um, when I bought it, I go and look at my Audi app, and they say I have one thousand credits with Electrify America. What they specifically, <laughs> and I looked to see, what in the hell does a thousand credits mean? It's great that I have a thousand credits. Is that, what is that? A thousand dollars? A thousand kilowatt hours? A thousand miles? A thousand watts? Uh, credits, that's what they are. <laughs> They're credits. What does a credit mean in the real world? You figure it out yourself, asshole. That's what it means. <laughs> well, so I go to the Electrify America uh, charger. Now, back when it was a necessity, like when I was going to be unable to get home without this, I was kind of stressing it because I thought, what if they're full? Um, and my uh, buddy in Atlanta said, don't worry about it too much because people are not there. You know, you're not going to wait more than 10 minutes because they turn over fast because, you know, people don't have to be there a long time. So I pull up and uh, sure enough, there was uh, there are four pedestals. There are eight handles. And it gives you the impression that there are eight chargers, but there are in fact four chargers because you can only use one of the handles on one of the pedestals. So if there are four char cars charging, even though there are four free handles, uh, there are zero free chargers. That's just how Electrify America works. But I pull up and uh, they have typically have two 150s and two 350 kilowatt chargers. And if the two 150s were full, I would have parked in the 350 and used it even though I can't use my car can't use more than 150. So I'm using the faster one. I'm I'm occupying a faster one that I can't use. But I would be willing to do that if that wasn't if that was the only option. It was not the option. I pull into the 150, I plug it in. I use the Audi app to start the whole thing. So uh theoretically I'm paying for it with my credits. When I pulled into this thing, I had 81 miles left on my car. I plug the thing in and I go back in and look at it. And I've been charging at this point 30 seconds and it says like 82 miles, 83 miles, 84 miles. <laughs> like within one minute, it was like 87 miles. I was like, oh, really? So uh, bearing in mind that like when I plug into my house trickle charger, you know, the 120 AC thing, I get one mile every 30 minutes. And now I'm getting like one mile every like 17 seconds. <laughs> it's very, very different experience. I charged in, charged on that thing for 17 minutes. I ended up having a discussion with the guy who plugged in uh, next spot over with the key and Nero. And of course, uh, at this stage of the game, when you're at a DC fast charger, you're probably going to talk 
about electric vehicles to all the people on all the other electric vehicles. It's just sort of where we're at. In 2004, a lot of your podcasts were about podcasting and other podcasters. It's just how it is. In 2023, a lot of your EV time is spent talking to EV people about EV things. It's just, it's just the natural life cycle of life. And uh, he actually said that he uh, he didn't like that he has to think about it so much. He says he regrets having bought that, and he wished he had bought the hybrid version of the same car. Uh, and I'm different, right? I don't, I in no way regret it. In fact, I love this car, uh, and I love everything about it. So I I charged for a total of 17 minutes. And when I was done, I had 185 miles of range. So I got more than 100 miles of range added in those 17 minutes. And then I used, I think, I don't remember the exact number, 30. So I put 34 kilowatts into my car uh, thir- for 34 kilowatt hours. So I charged 17 minutes at, you know, somewhere around 150. And so it worked out to be 34 kilowatt hours. Turns out now that I can, uh, now that that's done, I can do the math and see that, yes, in fact, the uh, Audi credits, one credit is in fact a kilowatt hour. So it works out that had I been paying rack rate for this, it would have been uh, 48 cents a kilowatt hour. So now I can say that those those thousand credits from Audi are in fact uh, roughly $500 worth of charging. So now I actually know kind of what the, uh, what the value of that is. <laughs> So they did not tell me ahead of time. They just gave me this abstract thing. It's a credit. So do it. Use the credit for credit things. I was like, okay. Uh, so anyway, that that adventure, that seal has been popped. And in fact, um, although um, my uh, e-tron has the, this is an option. Like the base model only has one charger on what on the left, on the driver's side. And mine has two chargers. It has uh, one on the left and right. And they said you have to DC charge on the driver's side. And um, typically, I mostly use the the passenger side one just because that's where um, that's where it reaches in my driveway. The way it is presently, the geometry works out that way. So I do use the right side almost always. I had never noticed until um, Saturday when I'm doing the DC fast charger, there's a whole separate lower plug underneath the plug I always use. And that's where like the extra thing I had seen these plugs, how there's these extra plugs when you do the DC fast charger. I never even noticed them. There's a little rubber thing that's over them ordinarily. I had to take the little rubber thing off to do my fast charging. But uh, having bridged that, having crossed that bridge, having bridged that cross, um, it's not nearly as, uh, it did not require all the thought and stress that I put into it. I just pulled up, charged for a very short time. Um, if we had wanted to go to the crumble cookie, um, I have been to a crumble cookie before. And typically the amount of time you spend in that line would have been longer <laughs> than we needed to charge. So, uh, you know, in general, um, if you're driving along, even if I were doing some kind of road trip, which again, I probably... Um, just uh, because of the state of charging, particularly in the southeast, um, you know, Atlanta's one thing, Col- you know, Col- even Columbia is not that good. Like, you know, if you're not in a city, um, the, the DC fast charging infrastructure kind of fucking sucks. <laughs> As particularly like there is no, look, that that fast charger in Florence, it's like 60 miles from my house. It's the closest one to my house. Like there is not one in Myrtle Beach at all. Uh, so it just, you know, um, the market for us, you know, eventually will catch up. So in general, if I road trip, I'll probably use my old gas car, but honestly like this, I could have done that and not thought about it at all, but I don't want to drive my gas car. <laughs> I just don't want to at this point. I want to use it to carry trash to the dump. It's become like my old car, which was my daily driver three weeks ago is now become the old pickup truck that you just use for hauling shit. I don't even I don't even want to drive it. Uh even though I could, there's nothing wrong with it. it. Literally, it was my everyday car I had no problem with 3 weeks ago, and now it's just oh, I want all the stuff in the new car. So, very quickly, um what do you call that hedonic adaptation when you get a nicer thing and suddenly your life is the nicer thing and <laughs> it takes like no time to adjust to it or whatever that's called. That might be the term. I might have just made that up out of my ass. I don't know. Um, one of the things about, um, the, the topic list on here, 
Um, I have an obsidian note that is my upcoming show topics. That's literally the title of it. And I write new stuff at the top. What that does for you computer nerds, which is, I think, a significant portion of my audience, um, it turns my uh, list into a stack, right? <laughs> Some things going at the top and I pop it off the stack or near the top of the stack. That means is in general, like the bottom of the stack um, is pretty um, stagnant, shall we say. It's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like a stinky ditch water after a while, and I scrolled down farther than I normally do, and I saw some topics in there, and there were some dates, and they're like twenty twenty one and twenty twenty dates. I'm like, wow, have I really not made it to the bottom of this list in years? So that implies to me I need to like make a um. I made to make a traversal and probably I would say much like uh, when I go through my email inbox, um, you know, I have the main inbox that I, I, I try to reserve for humans. And then I have the one that's for mailing lists and robots and shit like that. And uh, every so often I'll go into the mailing list one and just say in search on today, the word today in the subject line, I'll just delete every one of those ends today. Okay. Well, that's the thing I don't have to worry about because it ain't today anymore or ends uh, soon, the word soon. And I just delete everything with the word soon in it. Um, a lot of these topics I think can, can go away. They've been either been covered or no longer relevant. They've aged themselves out. Um, but what I did is just from some of the ones I kind of actually collected a, a few things together that seem a little thematically, um, thematically together. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, this show, like the balance of this show is going to be a little experiment in that. Like how well do these things that may have gone in years apart, how well do they hang together? And we will see. <laughs> if you can see the seams, uh, then it's probably uh, a bad idea. Maybe I shan't uh, do it going forward. But one of the things that happened fairly recently, there is a developer. It's closed, but it's not very closed. Like it's very, very easy to get on it. <clears throat> It's not a public sign up, but the, I mean, practically nobody would, nobody that belongs there would have a hard time getting into this thing. And it's a developer relations um, Slack. And, uh, you know, for developer evangelists, developer advocates, people uh, in my line of work. And um, I was in with the previous job. And then honestly, like the last couple of years at the previous job, I probably didn't qualify anymore because I was. I, I didn't have that title and I worked for an engineering group. And even though I did kind of some of the same functions, um, you know, I probably wasn't technically in there, but I just hung on to it because uh, it seemed easier to just stay in it uh, on the DL <laughs> rather than, than excuse myself and then try to rejoin later. So, you know, and I, it's of mixed importance and value to me. There are times where it seems valuable. And then there's times where it seems like a lot of horseshit. And, uh, frankly, uh, it's been more of the latter lately. And I had this thing where at the day job, I needed something from somebody. I was, something was not working right. I needed to talk to somebody. And I found that my, um, equivalent at the company that I needed, that I was trying to reach out to, uh, uh, was on this Slack. Now, Slacks have DMs, right? Like uh, many communication systems. And I didn't, I don't know why I cared. I don't know why this was a thing to me. I could have just DM'd that person. But I did not feel, at, at times, I have been called out for starting with a DM. Because I was like, why are you DMing me directly without making, without asking for permission to do that? Uh, public, you know, like a public channel. <sighs> Probably not lately. And it's, you know, like everything has its own folkways and its own norms. Uh, you know, like IRC was like that. If you DM somebody, but you didn't ask for permission to do it, like they would yell at you uh, a long time ago. So, and so it's just weird. And I was like, I don't know why, I don't know why I felt weird about DMing this person, but I did. So I had a question and it, I'm going to say the entirety of my question. It was like two messages, probably a hundred words total, like two paragraphs of questions. Uh, and the, 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 I put it in the solo DevRel channel of this thing, which had something like five messages in the last month. So I'm not injecting this into a really busy channel. I just ask him the question. Um, 
and I say, hey, I'm having this problem. Uh, can you reach out to me? Uh, here's my email address at the uh, day job. And one of the people who is a moderator admin type on this thing responds to me with, this could have been a DM. It's like, fuck you. And, you know, it, it's in the scheme of things, it's so unimportant. So just not, it's trivial. It's not important. does not matter that this dude said that to me. But I'll be goddamned if that didn't really get into my craw. Partly because I had this whole thought process, right? This was not, I didn't casually just throw it in there because I didn't realize DMs exist or I didn't think about doing a DM. I specifically did this to not be a DM. And at some point, that feeling morphed from that into, fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck you specifically. Really hard. And um, now I just sort of, I mean, from that one thing, which from his uh, view is probably benign. I'm sure he doesn't remember that he, he even did this. I just fucking hate this guy. <laughs> so, and, uh, uh, and just like carrying on from that. I, now I sort of fucking hate the slack. And I don't know, like, I don't know why this one thing just gets to me so much. You know, I try so hard not to be bothered by things. You know, I've been online a very long time, right? I was using Usenet 30 years ago. And uh, I suppose I should have developed a, a thicker skin about everything at this point. You know, having been on Facebook, having been on Twitter, having been on everything. Uh, you know, where, uh, you know, having been on tribe.net. <laughs> I don't believe I was on Friendster. I don't. I have no recollection of being on Friendster if I was ever on there. But I, I, I shouldn't care, and yet I care, and yet it bothered me. And uh, all I was trying to do is just get a thing done, and it did not seem to me to be. It didn't warrant being a dick, and I don't. Uh, and that it, it, it to me is like so much of road rage. Uh, is like this, um, where it just doesn't warrant the thing. Like sh the 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 like none of this matters at all. And the, the original offense doesn't matter that much. The response doesn't matter that much. Nobody needs to be. Nobody needs to have this level of concern of any bit of this. And yet people do, and it's just so unnecessary. And my response, but uh, like this whole feeling I'm describing to you, unnecessary. I don't have to feel like this. Uh, uh, it's in my power to not feel like this, uh, or it's pseudo in my power. I suppose I should stop thinking about it and stop caring about it and just ignore it, which is what I want to do. But I just think about it. <laughs> and when I go on that, when I go on that um, Slack and I see that guy make a message, I'm waiting for him to say something. I mean, this is not. This is. I am not the hero of the story. I am a petty dick in this story. I'm waiting for him to say something to which I can respond. This should have been a DM. I'm just, I'm just waiting for that to happen. <laughs> and I will pounce on him when I see him do that. And I will say, this should have been a DM. And I will laugh my fool head off. Speaking of road rage, I'll come back to that. And I will play you a little clip from another different podcast related to that topic. But first, I'm going to take a, first I'm going to take a sip. This fine. Oh, 140 degree this morning, Starbucks coffee. Oh, mm, that is good. Then I'm going to tell you about a company I like, and that is Factor Meals. We got the Factor Meals right before back to school time. My wife is going back to uh, work for the first time in some time. Kids going back to school. Everything's happening all at once. And we didn't have a lot of time. And we had to get meals on the table. And this box shows up from Factor. And uh, I open it up, and it's got a bunch of pre-packaged meals. It's like, oh, excellent. And every one of them says, microwave for two minutes and then eat. Oh, I can handle this. Don't freeze them. Throw them in the fridge. And that's what we did. We ate them. They were fast, and they were delicious. They do not look... <laughs> Because of the conditioning over the years of seeing, you have a black plastic tray uh, with cellophane on top. You assume you know what it's going to taste like. These taste delicious. They taste like you just, uh, like the chef just carried it out from the back of the <laughs> restaurant. They taste great. 
better than they have a right to, better than you think they're going to. They're delicious. Uh, we got the vegetarian vegan option. You can get anything. You can get uh, media heavy stuff. You can get the gourmet plus. You can get whatever you want. These are dietitian approved. Um, they're not frozen. They stick it in the dry ice. They 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 cool it. Stick it in the dry ice. Next thing you know, it's on your door, and shortly after that, it's in your belly. So in summation, our family was under the gun. We were in crunch time, and Factor Meals made it viable by uh, putting delicious food on the table, giving us little bottles of smoothies. It was it made things that were going to be bad. It made them good. So thank you to Factor Meals. So here's what I'm asking of you. If any of this sounds good to you, if you uh, need the time, if you need uh, some trouble-free, delicious meals on your table, head to factormeals.com slash EGC50. Use that code EGC50 to get 50% off. That's code EGC50 at factormeals.com slash EGC50 to get 50% off. That's a lot of 50s. 50s are your money. You make, you spend less money because of those 50s. So uh, EGC50, my friends. Thank you to Factor Meals for being delicious and for sponsoring the Evil Genius Chronicles and all the great Backbeat Media shows. Thank you, Factor Meals. And one last sip of this delicious coffee. I don't know why I'm talking so Shatnerian. It's very weird. But I am speaking in a very Shatnerian delivery. So returning to the topic of road rage, we're going to play uh, a thing from uh, Matt and Mattingly's Ice Cream Social. Here is some of the context. Matt Donnelly has told these stories of, you know, uh, being a kid from Jersey who uh, loses his cool. And he's told stories of being on the roadway and uh, like getting so mad at somebody that he reaches over, grabs all the change in the console. Like, you know, most people have a big pile of uh, change uh, right there, uh, you know, to the right of the driver's side. And he just grabbed a handful of change and just flung it into the other car. I have absolutely done the identical thing, as you'll hear in the thing. And uh, you listeners to the uh, podcast, uh, you will know what I'm going to say about my – if you're a longtime listener, you will know my technique for not caring about road rage and for diffusing it for myself. Um, So when they say – uh, be the change. <laughs> this is Matt Donnelly says, be the change you want to fling a- at another car. <laughs> that was the thing. So when I refer to being the change, that's being the change. All right. So here we go. This is the clip from Matt and Mattingly's Ice Cream Social. Do we have some scoop mail? We do. We got some scoop mail. Message for you, son. Let's see. We got a scoop mail from Dave Slusher. I, too, as a younger man, was a hothead on the road, and I, too, have been the change. I have found a technique that gets me away from all of that. I live in South Carolina. Anytime I see someone driving aggressively or doing some pointless move on the road, I shake my head and say, that is some Yankee bullshit. (laughs) And it makes me laugh saying it, so the situation is de-escalated immediately. Uh, sincerely, that is uh, Dave Slusher. Thank you, Dave, Dave Slusher. That's, that's, a, that's a great move, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. I I do um, subtle flip-offs that I don't raise off my steering wheel. Oh, you you pocket your finger? You pocket, I pocket your middle my finger? Fing- I pocket my middle finger, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, a, that doesn't de-escalate. That just makes a, me angry. That's a beta cuck move, dude. So now is. so now there was a there was a thing that Ann's father used to do all the time. Um every time oh my god, I'm gonna get it wrong now. Um but he used to just whenever people were acting a fool on the road, he would just be like, You you know, yeah, no, what, but what was the thing? Dave, it'll come to me. What, what Dave, he had a very Dave specific thing. done, which is important, is he's done something that makes him laugh. That I've never heard. Right. Yes, that's key. That's Cause, key. Because I go to like to my just, Zen place where I go. If I just move over, that person's out of my life forever. That's what I tell myself, yeah, and I right. literally go like, "There they go. They're gone forever." It's a calming thing to do, especially when you're driving. I don't know, seventeen hours in the last two days. Um, right, uh, but. But and having not gotten anywhere, <laughs> and accomplished nothing, and done nothing. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I've had to do a lot of talking myself down. But I never thought to to think of a funny thing to say to myself 
like a that's, joyful thing. Yeah, to no, that's to good. That's, that's really, really smart, good. actually. Yeah, I need to. I need to figure out a. Fun, that's fun next thing. level, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Also, I I, uh, I empathize with Dave as well because when I call somebody a Yankee or call something some Yankee shit, uh, it makes me laugh too. Yeah, <laughs> it, make, it makes me laugh to refer to people as Yankees. I remember when I was a kid, like you know, Rebel. This is like Rebel Yell and uh, some yeah. running Rebels. And so I was like, oh, Rebel's such a fun name. Rebel without a cause. Let's, and I was like, what's the opposite of Rebel? And all of a sudden I found out I was like Yankee. And I was like, oh. And I looked up and I was like, oh, I am a Yankee. I'm a North, I'm a Northern, <laughs> Northeastern right. Yank. And I was like, oh, I don't get to be part of the fun. I am, I am, I am Yankee bullshit. Yep. I'm <laughs> your Yankee, Yankee doodle Andy. bullshit. All right. So there you go. That's Du Bois uh, riffing on my letter. You can hear Paul Mattingly basically run the story into a dead end that he can't remember. And this is how you can tell these cats have worked together a while. Matt figures out uh, when Paul has stalled out, and that's when he jumps in. So I like that clip. But anyway, that is uh, a true story, and we have heard the tales. And what uh, uh, we have heard the tales of the Yankee bullshit, and um, one of the things that makes me most (laughs) uh, enjoy that is the fact that it has been adopted uh, Joe Pollock, who lives in Wisconsin, <laughs> talks about Yankee bullshit. And Derek Coward, who lives in Michigan, talks about Yankee bullshit. It's like, absolutely. You cats uh, see more Yankee bullshit than I do. Uh, absolutely. All right. So that is some fun stuff there. The road rage is not fun, but not having the road rage is fun. Um, so I'm going to talk a, a little about, I have touched on this, right? When, when I have read the books uh, recently, the the three books, the two, one from David Graeber and two from Jenny O'Dell. Uh, the David Graeber book was Bullshit Jobs, and then the two Jenny O'Dell books are Saving Time and How to Do Nothing. All of them, uh, in one way or another, are a critique of the way uh, we organize our modern lives, right? Uh, our modern work lives. Our modern work-life balance, let's put it that way. And, you know, how, uh, you know, like what works available, that's, you know, more the Graber, uh, how we react to it, that's more the Jenny O'Dell. And so let's not sugarcook it. I am in the very late stage of the world of work, right? It's it's uh, coming to a close. I uh, believe I can openly say I do not have that much full-time work left in this lifetime. <laughs> and and I find that uh, a good thing. Um, so now kind of looking at that, you know, the, the many times I've discussed how redonkulous the whole, uh, what are you going to do with your time? It's like, dude, I literally, since the beginning of the school year, with uh, dealing with the father-in-law and dialysis, my wife at work, uh, even though we have the neighbor helping with uh, t- getting the kid picked up, making sure the kid gets to school and gets home from school and everybody gets everywhere and the pets get to the vet when they need it and the things get done, I can barely, barely fit my job in around all the other things that are happening. So it's actually whenever it comes to the point where I don't show up at the day job the next, you know, when, when, when there's a weekday that I don't show up at the day job – that will be such a relief because it's so hard to just live minute to minute, just the stuff, right? This is, I have uh, told the, my, my child not to be in a hurry to not be a kid. I was in a hurry to not be in a kid. As a, you know, roughly similarly age kid, 12, 13, 14 year old kid, I used to get the Sears wish book. And I didn't look at the toys. I mean, I looked at the toys and I looked at the action figures and shit that I wanted. Um, but I also, I was like looking at dinner sets and, uh, you know, it's like uh, silverware and curtains and uh, appliances and stuff like that. Because I was thinking ahead at age 13, I was thinking ahead to what it was going to be like when I didn't live in my house, when I got to live on my own and make my own rules and do my own thing. And, uh, when you think like that, you can certainly think like that as a, a tween and a teen. You're underplaying your hand because it's kind of like the last really trouble-free part of your life, <laughs> right? Once you get on your own, your life is fucking nothing but that. It's like, oh, what, I didn't pay this bill. Oh, uh, I forgot. Oh, I got a pink uh, letter from the power company. I just missed paying that bill. 
uh, I used to hate auto pay because I didn't like the notion of money going out. I thought if um, if I die in this house by myself, I want somebody to notice that I'm not paying my bills. I don't want them to find my uh, mummified corpse in front of the TV, uh, like those stories, occasional horrifying stories we hear. I've changed my tune on that because uh, this happened very recently. We like, I got one of those uh, scary things, like we're, uh, you know, this close to cutting your power off just because I missed a bill. Uh, I just forgot to pay it. I mean, I just, and I have an app. I could pay it. I can pay it on my phone with the app in like 10 seconds. And I just missed that I had a bill. It's like, oh, fuck it. I just, I, I, I can't even be trusted. So I had to put it on auto pay, even though, you know, like in my heart, I'd rather have it not be on auto pay, but I'd also rather not have my, uh, when, when you weigh the things I don't want, I don't want my power to get cut off more than I don't want to have auto pay. It's like, ugh. I am no longer even a trustworthy, uh, I'm not reliable to even pay my own bills. It used to be we had one of those uh, bill things, you know, with the slots numbered 1 to 31. We put the bill in there when they were on their due date. And like on a Sunday, we would pay like the next 10 days, you know. And that was back when we didn't have enough money to pay all the bills simultaneously. Now the, the idea is just pay the bill on the day it comes in. But if you just miss that there's a, like you don't thoroughly look at the mail, uh, and you just forget that there's a bill. Uh, there's no, there's no saving you nowadays. I was like, fuck me. So, uh, you know, all that stuff, all that, you know, all that adult stuff, all that work stuff, all the things that takes, uh, that it takes to just make an adult life happen. Right. When you're the one in charge of things, when you're the one responsible for whether or not your rent get paid or your mortgage gets paid or your insurance gets paid or your power bill, any utility, anything, or the internet bill. It just, it's a thing that, it's a, it's a drone in the back of your head. It's a thing that never really goes away. I mean, you can have it under control. You can, you can have the money to pay it. I had the money to pay it, and I still got it out of control because I lost the metronomic drumbeat of, oh, the bill is due. I just didn't even notice the bill. So you can't, it's not even enough to have the money. You got to have the mindset and the organization and the paying attention. It's like, oh God. It's like, is the, you know, and some of this stuff, I, I'm in that thing. I'm not, I'm well enough off that I will be able to retire at an age younger than an American typically retires at. That's good. I believe I've said it on here. If not, I've said it in my life many times is I've crossed the threshold where I will be retiring early. I'm now retiring at the young end of normal because I'm just too old to have retired early. But I ain't, I shan't be working at age 65. That ain't happening. I ain't, shan't be working at age 62. That ain't happening. So I have enough money to make that life happen. What I don't have is enough money to do the very wealthy person, personal assistant that handles the mundane shit, that you know, does the other things for you. Um, I... I I, I won't ever get to that. I'm going to be one of the things I'm looking forward to when I don't have a uh, a job is I'm going to be doing all the tree trimming. Like we paid those guys to come and trim the trees. Other than stuff that it takes like a bucket truck to get to, you know, we've got some hedges that need some attention. I'll, I don't have to do all the hedges in a day. I've got literally every day. I could do 20 feet of hedge a day. Until the hedges are done. I could take all week and do some of the hedge. I can do all the, I have all these things I can do. I have all these projects on top of the, the things that must happen. Grandpa still got to go to dialysis. Kids still got to go to school. Kids still got to come home from school. I've got to go to the doctor. Grandpa's got to the doctor. The dogs have to go to the doctor. The kid has to go to the doctor. We all have to go to the dentist. <sighs> Just the stuff. Just the stuff of life. And, uh, you know, so the like all those books that I were referring to are about how important does your job really need to be in your life, right? You know, the 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 best thing about the pandemic, you know, the quiet quitting stuff obviously was horseshit because it went immediately to oh we don't have enough workers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or uh, we went we have too the workers are quiet quitting to we're laying everybody off and I noticed this thing just yesterday Salesforce who laid off seven thousand people are hiring three thirty three hundred people it's like what the fuck is going on over there <laughs> you laid off seven thousand people and now you admit oh we need fifty percent of those back. What are you doing? Why didn't you just not lay them off? Or as somebody pointed out, 
They said, this is basically admission. We can't possibly make a reorg happen. So we're going to fire all the people we don't want and then rehire the people we do want because we don't know how to move them around. It's like, man, is this any way to run a railroad? It doesn't seem like it to me. But there's a, like, it's not just the thing. It's not just the jobs themselves. It's not just the work-life balance. It's not all that stuff. It's just the, it's like the internalized mindset, right? The, and I find myself doing this, right? It's the, I do this with the to-do lists for the weekend. You know, I, I literally just did it when I was talking about the hedges and like the stuff I'm going to do. Uh, like thinking in terms of like the productivity output mindset, <laughs> you know, I can't, I, I, I can't shake that. That will actually be the project from retirement until death. The project will be shaking uh, an output oriented productivity mindset um, because it's uh, been presented basically my entire life as that is the way you uh, approach life. What can you do? What can you, 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 you log on, you hire onto a company and then you put out output, you make money for them. They give you some fraction of it and then you die. That's how, how you uh, <laughs> achieve a life. And uh, you know, th- so you see this, um, well-meaning people who are doing what they think is best for themselves. They're doing what they want to for themselves. There is that like entrepreneur mindset. There's that grindy hustle type. And, uh, you know, and I see this on LinkedIn. I see like people I like, people I uh, am fond of, people that I, I think highly of. I'll see them. It's time to grind. We're going to you know, that whole uh, thing with uh, Elon Musk uh, at the people at Twitter is like, are you hardcore? Like, are you, are you willing to, you know, that, that mindset that we're going to grind, whether it's for yourself, whether you're a solo entrepreneur or you're doing this for your corporation or however, anything, any point in between the notion that what it is to do is to get up and then grind and then stop. I think that's the right answer to the wrong question. <laughs> that's what I think it is. It, sure. It fits a thing, but is that it is, uh, it is an effective strategy that solves the wrong problem. And the problem should be, how do I make this a life? I want to live from sun, you know, from waking to sleeping. What life do I want to live? And can we do it the other way around? Not like, what can I, what can I give to a company? You know, how much of myself can I squeeze into this cup and give to them? But what can I do to have the life that I want and with what's left over, give it to a company and keep myself alive? You know, it's that notion. There's that savings notion. It was like Warren Buffett says this, which is not you save what you have left after spending. You spend what you have left after saving, right? The the, the idea that you, you take, that's, uh, the, the, like the thesis in that, the underlying mindset in there is take care of yourself first. And, uh, you know, it is on the airplane, secure your own mask before helping others. I think that's how a person should approach the world of work, which is you, you, you are no good to your company if you have used yourself up, uh, and you are a spent husk. So, uh, you know, the idea of depleting yourself, uh, in favor of this uh, beneficent uh, Big Brother esque company, uh, you know, which is kind of an unspoken uh, belief of pretty much every job you're going to take in 2023 America. Uh, it, it's it's the wrong notion. The idea that you know we're going to use you up and then we're going to lay you off with the other seven thousand assholes and then we're going to get some fresh horses in here and then we're going to use them up and then we're going to lay them off. It's so it's such an extractive, vampiric. It's vampiric capitalism. I and I think Salesforce is basically admitting that they're uh, vampires on the workforce, and in their own way, uh, you know, most jobs are. Uh, it is the rare job that is not, uh, it's the rare job that's not. And I saw this somewhere on Mastodon and it was saying how, um, you know, your jo- the job is to try to pay you as little as possible for as much work as they can get out of you. Therefore it is your job to get as much money as you can for as little work and thereby, uh, between the two of you achieve an equilibrium. I'm not a hundred percent sure that I completely buy into it, but I kind of, 
I think it's a first step in the right way of thinking, which is not how much can I give uh, to this job, but uh, how little can I give to this job and still make every, how little can I ethically give to this job uh, while still deserving my salary, uh, not getting fired. Those are the, like the, you know, uh, nuts and bolts things, but like, and just making sure the company is happy with me and I'm happy with them. There is a point, I think, in there. If those points don't overlap, then they have hired the wrong person and you're working at the wrong job. And those, you sh- there should probably a, be a separation uh, of those two. But if there, there is a band that overlaps, then you're that is the work-life balance. You should be in there. Should this be a 32-hour work week? Like, as uh, has been pointed out many times, if you read the right stuff, um, the... Wages have been flat for 50 years, um, but productivity has gone up continuously that whole time. It's just that the uh, that value of that increased productivity has only been captured by the rich. So the rich have gotten richer, and uh, you know the everybody else has stayed the same or gotten poorer. So uh, you know there's <clears throat> when you when you're grinding for the company above a certain level. That extra productivity is a giveaway to the richest people uh, on the planet. One way or another, it will trickle up to them. So maybe don't grind that hard. Grind less hard. Grind, grind exactly. <laughs> grind the right hard. <laughs> is that show title? That's a, that is a <laughs> grind the right hard. <laughs> But anyway, this is how I've been thinking. Now, one can argue, and one would be right, that I have the luxury of thinking this way because um, at my day job, like at the parent company of my day job, my day job is oddly structured in that I work for a wholly owned subsidiary. And we have a larger company that uh, you may not know the direct company I work for, but you absolutely know the parent company. And... uh, uh, they, the parent company does these, like, I guess they're, I mean, they're intended for the benefit of the workers. They're kind of these paternalistic um, personal growth things. Like, uh, here's how to uh, better your career. You know, here's these career growth things. And they, uh, like, as long as I've worked there, which is like a year and a half, I've never attended a single one of those because I find it so depressing. <laughs> the thought that I would have enough career to develop any further. <laughs> I don't want to develop my career. I want to end my career at this point. I don't, I don't want any growth. I want, I don't, there's nothing I want to do better. I want to do it all worse and then stop. That's, that's where I'm at today. As I record this, I want to do it all worse and then cease. Speaking of doing it worse and then ceasing, I think that's where we're at with this show. I'm both doing it worse and I'm ceasing, but before I cease, and now it's time for something we call the reading of the patrons. The following people went to bit.ly, bit.ly slash EGC Patreon, and they pledged to support to keep the shambling mess shambling. Thank you to the following people. Derek Coward, Adam Rittenauer, Ken Kennedy, Paul Fisher, R. Hooley, Robert Harvey, Paul Smith, Andrew Heron, Grant Bachoco, Tony Ewing, Craig Stepp, Paul Reynolds, Shannon Nelson, Charlotte Kennedy, Leah, the Enigmagic Angela Lee, Chuck Tomasi, Stuart Maxwell, Michael Butler, Bruce Lerner, Skeeter Murphy, Robert Gibson, Lynn Edgerly, Melissa A. Bartell, Andrew Howe, Michael Street, Neil Forker, Dyko, Brian Springer, Rob Usden, John Gehring, Wayne Pittenger, Brian Jones, Joe Pollock, Jeff Dangle, J.P. Shippard, Steve Holden, Brian Hogan, and Matt Beckwith. Thank you, one and all, for supporting The Shambling Mess. And now, let us kill the music. Thank you for listening. If you found anything of value in this uh, show, feel free to reach out. Uh, The link to everything I've talked about and the link to find the Discord or find me on Mastodon or wherever, uh, evilgeniuschronicles.org. Uh, you can email me, Dave at evilgeniuschronicles.org, which is also the way you can find this that blog on Mastodon. I appreciate everything everybody does. Uh, I love the feedback. Um, some of the recent shows have been based around the feedback. So if you got feedback, you want to backfeed, backfeed it to me, baby. All right. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you for everything. Thank you for your time. Stay safe out there. Don't work harder than you have to. (laughs) Keep yourself sane. Keep yourself alive. Let us go out and uh, pursue uh, life. I will catch you again next time. And don't forget that I love you. Good. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Evil Genius Chronicles podcast. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Let's do this. <coughs> um, here is the context and some of the backstory. Um, Matt Mattingly, Matt, if one, it, it, I'm both doing it worth. I'm both doing it worths. I can't say those words. Every step of fucking adventure.